Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas, the Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now, to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Okay, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program for this Thursday, almost Friday, Race Day Las Vegas radio program. It is the 22nd day of December 2022. 12222022 is your date. A lot of twos in there. Maybe we ought to be playing all the doubles today. That'll be good stuff, right? In any case, we welcome you to the show. We come to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, home base, Sports Talk, 1400 AM in Las Vegas. And, of course, we uh, cover the world on the many different websites that we have. RacedayLasVegas.com.Vegas.World.Global, for example. And, of course, uh, your devices, your iPhones, Androids. So we welcome you to those of you who put your app, the KSHP radio station app on your device so you can get us now and of course uh, wherever you get your podcasting as well we welcome you to the show what do we got three days three days to go to christmas we're right in the middle of hanukkah it's a holiday season and the weather is uh you know the holiday type of weather here in las vegas where the sun is shining the sky is blue and the ground is dry we have uh, 39 degrees at 10 minutes after 7, almost 11 minutes after 7 Pacific time here in Las Vegas, 3.9, and we're going to go up 20 degrees and top out of 59 today, all right? 39 now, 59 topping out today. That's the weather here. Thank goodness no wind, so we don't have a wind chill going on. We know that it's a lot colder and a lot more brutal around the uh, country, but that's what it is here today. By the time we get to Christmas Eve Saturday and Christmas Day Sunday, they say we're going to top out in the 60s, right around 65 to 66 degrees. Not the case, though, as you know, from around the country. We are uh, experiencing a once-in-a-generation, they say, blizzards and snowstorms that are rocking at least 80% of our country. Started out in the northwest, now it rolls through the Midwest and the Central Plains on its way to the East Coast. And I mean snowstorms, we're talking about sub-freezing weather. Nasty, 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 and we are hoping and we are really concerned about all you folks in that area. When you get down below freezing, it's no more just going out in the car and warming up the car. It is, uh, it is dangerous and it is deadly. Can't stay out there. So hunker down if you're listening in those parts of the country. Now, when it gets to uh, around the mid-Atlantic area, you're going to get rain. The snow won't be there, but the rain will be there. And it's just going to be nasty, unfortunately. You're going to get a white Christmas in a lot of places there, but it's running havoc to uh, 
the millions and millions of people who are traveling for Christmas to get to Grandma's house, so to speak. So there's going to be a lot of flight delays, and it's going to ripple. The flight delays, when it happens in a bad weather area, and this is massive, ripples right through to, uh, you know, like Las Vegas, L.A., Miami, where the weather is just fine. But the, the effect of the travel for jets ripples right through. So be patient out there. That's for sure. Just be patient. Enjoy the holiday wherever you may be. Anyhow, what we're going to be doing is uh, we're going to be here. Uh, obviously, we're here today. We're going to be here tomorrow and Christmas Eve Saturday. And on Christmas Eve Saturday, uh, I'm going to ask John Lindo to join us. And we're going to go over the stakes races that will be the big stakes race day on opening day at Santa Anita on Monday because we will have a show on Monday as well. None on Christmas, obviously. But on Monday, the day after Christmas, this coming Monday, we will have a special race day show that will start at our weekday start time at 7 a.m. to celebrate uh, the gift that most horse racing fans open the day after Christmas, which is the opening of Santa Anita, in addition to the championship meeting opening uh, officially at Gulfstream Park and the return to racing at uh, Golden Gate, the return to racing in other parts of the country that are off for this week as well. So we'll do that on Monday, the Monday show for the opening of Santa Anita. But um, I'm going to go over some of the races, the stakes races, maybe on Saturday for that opening day. They have drawn for all those races now. And um, <clears throat> the centerpiece race of the day at Santa Anita, I think they have uh, six stakes races on Santa Anita opening day, is the 10th race. They schedule as the 10th race there, the grade one Malibu, the run happy Malibu at seven furlongs for 300000 And this race may very well have implications for an Eclipse Award for the three-year-old, the best three-year-old of the year, because Taba is in the field, drew number six in the field of nine. Mike Smith's going to ride Taba for Bob Baffert. You have Forbidden Kingdom, son of American Pharaoh. Juan Hernandez riding for Dick Mandela, drew the rail. Baffert's other nice three-year-old, Messier by Empire Maker, draws the two posts. John Velasquez riding for Bob. Number three is Apprehend. Ramon Vasquez for Peter Miller. The four is Nakatomi. Tyler Gaffleone riding for Wesley Ward. Yeah, Gaffleone will be out on opening day. The five, Hoist the Flag. Joel Rosario for Dallas Stewart. Taba is the sixth. The seven is Perfect Flight. Ricardo Santana for Peter Miller. The eight is Strava. Flavian Pratt riding for Dallas Stewart. And the nine is Straight No Chaser. Edwin Maldonado for Dan Blacker. And that's the field. One race. You see all the contenders in there? That's going to be a fun race. And the entire day is like that. Pent-up interest, no doubt, for the opening of Santa Anita. So we'll get into that on Saturday. Of course, today we have Jonathan Hardoon back with us. John Linda will be with us here today. He has a Linda report for Gulfstream today. And I asked Jerry Jackowitz to stop by and uh, chew a little fat with us and his thoughts about uh, what's coming up and all the good stuff there as well. So we'll get you some picks and all that good stuff. Of course, uh, we have uh, your racing menu, etc., as far as a recap is concerned, one, and that's uh, for Gulfstream yesterday, Jonathan Ardoon came up with a winner for us. Actually, he gave us two horses yesterday. One ran third in the last race, and the other one won the uh, sixth race. Surrogate with uh, Mr. Vasquez aboard. Miguel Vasquez, 560. I was bet down from 7 to 2, too, so a lot of Ardoon fans out there, I guess. Igarzaya's had a couple of wins, and uh, so did, uh, yeah, Igarzaya had a couple of wins. Okay, uh, so um, eight races yesterday at uh, Gulfstream Park. Let's see, the top price yesterday was an $18.40 winner in the fourth race at Gulfstream. <clears throat> so there you are. 
your recap of that. Now, again, we're going to have shows uh, tomorrow, Friday, and Saturday off Sunday, Christmas, and then back on a special Monday race day show for the opening of Santa Anita on Monday at 7 a.m. Pacific time. Okay? And as far as uh, anything else out here, I could tell you this. Boys, you know, 81 degrees today will be in Miami. Mm. L.A. 71. So all the south is... uh, Temperatures are good, but boy, that that Arctic that Arctic blast that we're getting in the country, once in a generation, they say, terrible blizzards and storms. Cincinnati forty-four, Chicago thirty-four. These are the highs. New York forty-eight. That's not bad. But um, there have been no cancellations so far today of the races on our racing menu. Just check no cancellations. There will be. Two cancellations tomorrow on Friday, Turfway Park, in anticipation of the bad weather slamming through the Florence, Kentucky area, has decided to cancel tomorrow, Friday, and Hawthorne Racecourse, where uh, they expect the bad weather to be there as well, canceling tomorrow, Friday. So they're racing today, just before the expected deep freeze and a lot of snow that they're going to get in that area on Friday. Turfway and Hawthorne canceling on Friday already. We'll wait and see about the others that may uh, come about, depending on the weather. That's for sure. All righty. Well, seems like uh, a couple of uh, senators, Senator Grassley and Senator Manchin, want to remove that HISA-related amendment from the spending legislation. I, I guess is what, $1.7 trillion they're trying to jam through? And among the 4,000 pages of this uh, bill, all the uh, pork is slammed in there, you know. And one of the uh, amendments uh, in it is uh, to kind of placate a lawsuit for HISA, against HISA right now. So they want to remove uh, an amendment that HISA put in there to try to to placate. And uh, they said, "No, no dice, take it out. So you got Grassley and Manchin there, and, and it'll go on, you know, all that stuff. You know, we'll just keep going and going and going. Uh, for those uh, sports fans, good news. FanDuel is going to integrate uh, their sports and horse racing into their accounts. For those folks around the country that have uh, FanDuel accounts for sports, they're going to integrate uh, horse racing on their accounts as well. And, of course, DraftKings, we told you about a month ago about that. DraftKings is also doing it there. So sport, uh, the, the just exploding sports gaming area of uh, the country, they're now in, incorporating racing into it, and that's good news for racing. I really do believe that. Okay? All right, time to get started. We're going to go to our first break, and when we come back, we're going to start our stuff. And, of course, a big week coming up for NFL football. Week 16 starts tonight with the Jaguars and the Jets. Got a full rack on Saturday at Christmas Eve. Got three games on Christmas Day and a Monday nighter as well. And, of course, the college football bowl season continues to crank along as well. We got a lot of good stuff going on right now. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service. Bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. 
Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas, the Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. Formulator from DRF.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the Race Day Las Vegas show. All righty, uh, time to get right to your racing menu for today. We'll get that out of the way. So how many racetracks do we have available today? What, seven or eight? Okay, whatever it is, here it is. Your menu of racetracks available today. First post times are Pacific. If you're in the Pacific time zone, as we are, emanating and originating the race day shows from these studios... And over the airways of Sports Talk 1400, these will be the first post times that roll out in our race books today. If you're listening anywhere else on the websites, on the phone apps, your device apps, I should say, or podcasting, however, wherever, whenever, and you are not in the Pacific time zone, adjust the first post times that we broadcast on this menu from the Pacific time zone to yours so you don't miss anything like I miss mom and dad. Okay, here's your menu. Are you ready? Okay, here we go. We begin with Gulfstream Park. Gulfstream has nine races today. Their first post time is 9-10. Their pick six rainbow jackpot carryover now. Yeah, they say $12,034. I think it was more than that. Though. So check that out. Uh, the carryovers on Equibase state... Twelve thousand thirty-four bucks. So we'll go with that from Equibase. Anyhow, they have a pick six rainbow jackpot carryover, and a first post time is nine ten for their nine races today at Gulfstream. All right, Tampa Bay Downs is next. Pick six jackpot carryover there, eleven thousand one hundred twenty-seven dollars. First post time at Tampa Bay for nine races is set at nine twenty-five. Next comes Mahoning Valley Racecourse. Mahoning Valley, their pick six jackpot carryover, $10,868. Eight races, first post time, 945 at Mahoning, 945. The Fairgrounds has nine races today. They have a regular pick six carryover, not a jackpot, but a regular pick six carryover of $6,123 at the Fairgrounds today. Nine races, first post time, 11.15. Then we go to Turf Paradise. Their pick six jackpot carryover, $10,555. They have eight races. The first two races are quarter horse stakes races. The second one is their derby for three-year-olds at 400 yards. Races three through eight will be thoroughbreds. So six thoroughbreds, two quarter horse stakes races, eight races overall at Turf Paradise. First post time with a pick six Jackpot carryover of ten thousand five hundred and fifty-five dollars is set at eleven twenty-five. Then you got Delta Downs. They've got nine races. Their first post time is two fifty-five. Two fifty-five at Delta, and the same goes for Turfway Park, which is running today, as of now. <clears throat> Turfway Park has a super high five carryover of twenty-seven thousand six hundred and forty-nine dollars. Yeah. Turfway Park's eight-race card has a first post time, as we said, 2.55 as well. And that's the menu for this uh, Thursday. You can stop the music now. Thank you. <laughs> Let's go to Jonathan Ardoon standing by. Jonathan, good morning. 
Good morning, Ralph. You're right. It is $12,000 carryover at uh, Gulfstream in their pick six. But I think if you're an only, they're going to give you 100000 anyway. Yeah, yeah, they, they pump it up. They yeah, they pump it up. Until it gets to 200000 then it carries on itself. Right. Until it's able to walk by itself, yeah. that's what they do. Yeah, they pump it up. Inflation everywhere. Yeah, but that's a good thing. Yeah, that's a, that's a good inflation thing, yes. <laughs> exactly. One of the few good ones. All right, now we've got really bad fluctuating weather because of this front coming down and around and over and all that, the Arctic blast and all that. What is the temperature right now where you are? It's in the 30s, but tomorrow it's going to actually get up into the 50s. But then comes Saturday, 12 hours later, it's going to drop from the 50s to 3 degrees Saturday morning. Three. It's dropping 47 degrees from 50 to 3? <laughs> yeah. Wow. How's that possible? It's po- Well, wait. you'll wait and see because you'll see that storm coming through. It's running havoc all over the place. But, you know, uh, out of all of that uh, storm, uh, it's really uh, only a couple of tracks are, are taking uh, a cancellation, and that's happening on the day they expect the storm to go through. Right now it's only Turfway and Hawthorne. But uh, more could come, you know, that's for sure. Let's uh, we as far as uh, as far as the racing is concerned, for racing purposes, let's get this thing out and over with before uh, you know uh, Monday, because the day after Christmas, yeah, all Saturday these racetracks. Saturday would be a great day to have bad weather all over, and then Sunday clear it out, and Monday we run. Well, uh, the thing about Saturday, uh, Christmas Eve, is you could have bad weather all over the country, except for. Florida, which is always in the 70s and 80s. I mean, 73 today at Tampa, 81 at Miami, because those are the only two tracks that will operate are operating on Saturday, Tampa and uh, Gulfstream. And then, of course, uh, Sunday, uh, everybody's going to be opening up presents, I guess. Yeah, it's going to be a great day Monday, though. Everyone is be chomping at the bit. You know, yeah, that, huh? That the opening day car. People wait for this for weeks, really. They look forward to it. Well, we got uh, we got some great stakes races, uh, three grade ones and three grade twos, six graded stakes races over a card that has at least 11 races on it. And, uh, you know, we'll get into it. And I, I hope that you will join us. Maybe you and me and John and and uh, can all get together at one time on Saturday and kind of go over those six stakes races. Yeah, that would be great. And we have Monday. We'll have a show on Monday, so yeah. we'll be back with selections for yeah. sure. And, well, uh, you, you could have selections, but, uh, you know, we can go over the races on Saturday. Yeah, I'll be there. Okay. We got you down. You're down. Um, all right. Um, and, of course, we're still waiting for uh, the Malibu to see about the Eclipse Award for three-year-old. So that's stuff there. Gulfstream Park, you've been you've been doing Gulfstream. Anything that the handicapper should know as far as basic handicapping is is uh, you know because it seems like the jockeys that are going down there for the championship meet, the ones that are already there, are starting to win in multiples, right? Yeah, they're starting to warm up, and the, the usual suspects you have the pletches and the makers, and you know uh-huh. they're all starting to to gear up. And their official opening day, I guess, is Monday also. So hopefully they'll do away with uh, some more of these torpedo races uh, because they've just been running a lot of them. Even though they reopen the turf course, the problem is they have rain at night, so they're in a they take the races off the grass really fast there. You know, uh, I guess they know it's a long year and uh, they want to preserve it as long as possible, especially with the championship need opening up. Yeah, well, I'm sure, uh, you know, that uh, that, uh, you know, with the uh, champ, they that grass course has been kind of tricky to maintain. So that I guess they don't want to chop it up before the big meet starts. The problem is there's no more Calder, so they they literally run on it all year round. You know, last year they took time off to take it out, but now that they put it in, this is going to be here for a while, I would assume. Yeah, yeah, well, they got to deal with it, that's for sure. It's not like dirt that you can put more in and, and take more out. Uh, with, exactly. with with grass, you can throw some seed on there, but it's going to take a while to grow, so we'll wait and see. That's for sure, but uh, it'll be fun. That and and of course, uh, the big Pegasus comes up at the end of the uh, next month, and uh, yeah, January twenty eighth, I yeah. believe. Don't know uh, really uh, how many horses are pointing towards it, but we'll we'll get a we'll get a good uh, good 
first take. You're going to have a full field. Like I know that. So yeah, they'll have you know ten, ten, twelve horses for sure. Good first take on uh, certainly the uh, the handicap division for next year. Yeah, and there'll be horses that will be running there and then retiring, I guess. So yeah, no question about that. All right. So what are we doing today here at uh, Gulfstream? By the way, Gulfstream today is on the turf, and for people that are handicapping Tampa, they took the races off the turf two days ago. That's a good thing Tampa does. They take those uh, turf races off in advance so people don't handicap and then have to come back and re-handicap. So for the most part, when they know there's a weather situation, they take it off two days in advance, which is good for the players, and uh, any edge the players get, that's, that's helpful. Yeah, no question about that. That's for sure. I don't like it. Well, we go all nuts when they start taking races off the turf after a particular uh, bet like the pick five and pick six and pick fours, et cetera. And really, the only time they do that is when the rains come in unexpectedly uh, in the middle of the day and they have to. But for the most part, if they can at least get the races off the turf by scratch time early in the day, that helps. And certainly Tampa is the optimum if you can do that, knowing that you're going to get bad weather couple of days in advance just to do that so the handicappers have a legit shot absolutely and the problem with Gulfstream is in florida at any point you yeah. know rain pops up it could be raining here and across the street the sun is shining they have very uh, strange weather there but that's the way it is at Gulfstream. so yeah i mean there's days when it, it rains and then the sun comes out and then it rains and then the sun comes out uh, it, it's... <laughs> make you crazy yeah but it's it's great racing down there, Gulfstream, uh, coming up, uh, you know, day after Christmas. That championship meet, that and Santa Anita are really two anchor, good anchor meets to start off a new year, that's for sure. Yes, definitely. Oh. All right, Ralph, let's look at the fifth race today, a mile on the turf. And I like the number five horse in here, Border Town. This is a six-year-old uh, gelding from the Mike Maker barn. By the way, this is another one of these horses that were in California. You know, we don't talk about this, but the ship and win program is great until the end of the meet when people start leaving with all the horses from Southern California. Yeah. You know, you see a lot of them in New York now. David Jacobson must have about 30 horses that were in Southern California that are now in his barn. And California can't afford to lose any horses. Wait, wait, that's wait, wait. Story for another day. Back that, back. No, back that up. He's got thirty horses have defected from the California inventory and is now in his barn in New York. Close to thirty, yeah. Between twenty and thirty are in his barn. They were ex Pete Miller horses, D'Amato horses. A lot of them just ended up in his barn. Um, and it's it's got to be bad for Southern California. Can't be good. A few years back. He went to, to uh, he spent the winter at Santa Anita and yeah. he cleaned them out. He he literally did. He he took so many horses back to New York, but now for some reason, I guess he bought them privately or whatever. But he's got a good twenty to thirty horses in New York that were running in Southern California over the last year. So his inventory of between twenty and thirty uh, fresh face type of horses are going to make their way into the entry box at Aqueduct when it returns. Yeah, well, they've been doing so already since they came back from Saratoga. He's been running horses there. He even has horses in Penn National. He has horses, and they all came from Southern California. Wow. Yeah, that's very – so I'm telling you, the shipping room program's great, but there's also consequences, I guess, when horses like Bordertown, who ends up in Mike Maker's barn. He, Mike Maker spent the summer at Del Mar, but he also must have claimed horses because now you see these horses that were running at Del Mar and Santa Anita earlier in the year are now in Gulfstream. You know, uh, Santa Anita has a variation of that ship and win, and when John Lendo joins us after the break, after the uh, commercial, I'll ask him about what um, what the variation is that because, I mean, why wouldn't they keep those horses in Southern California running at San Anita, especially uh, weather wise? And if horses are turf horses, they're going to get a shot to run on the turf at San Anita before the turf program begins in New York. That uh, that seems. Wow, that's uh, that's wow. Well, the turf horses are ending up at Gulfstream. Gulfstream. They're not in New yeah. York. Yeah. yeah, I mean, he had Bordertown, the horse I'm giving out in the fifth race today at Gulfstream, Jose Ortiz for Mike Maker. 
His last two races were at Laurel and Indiana, but before that, Del Mar, Del Mar, Santa Anita, Santa Anita for the uh-huh. forever. So, you know, this is a SoCal horse that's now on the East Coast that I don't see going back. That maybe he'll bring him back in the summer if he ships and wins for the Del Mar program. Uh-huh. But he's spending the winter at Gulfstream. All right. So in the fifth race, we're going to use that uh, di- uh, dimension. Uh, in the fifth race, you like the five, Border Town, the five. Uh, Jose Ortiz aboard. The five in the fifth race is your pick. And uh, are you going to get me another one? Yeah, we'll go to the eighth race today. And guess what we have? Another horse oh. that was in Santa Anita. <laughs> That's now at Goldstream. All right. Number one, Destroyed City. But this horse is different because this horse was brought to Southern California by trainer Jack Sisterson, I guess, for the Del Mar meet. Mm-hmm. And now he's bringing him back to Goldstream. So it's not so bad when you bring him and then take him home. Yeah. The problem is when you just take him home without bringing any there. Right. So the Detroit City is a three-year-old who ran on the synthetic last time out. It's a race on turf, two races back, wins this race easy. Tyler Gaffleone for Jack Sisterson, full field of 10, 7-2 on the morning line. Number one, Detroit City wins today's eighth race out at Gulf Street. All right, two turf picks, fifth race the five, eighth race the one. The one uh, in the eighth race, five furlongs on the turf, so we got to get them out nice and clean in that. Tyler Gaffleon will do so. And in the eighth race, the one is your second selection for the listeners. But uh, you got selections for all the races today at Gulfstream, and tell them how they can get it. They go to the website at J-O-N-H-A-R-D-O-O-N.com. Tomorrow's Friday, Ralph, so I'll be back. You certainly will, Ollie. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. All right, thanks stay a lot. Safe, hey, by the way, dress, yeah. dress warm tomorrow. <laughs> Tomorrow's okay. Saturday is the show. Yeah, but you start dressing warm tomorrow. Just get a head start on it. You're right. (laughs) All right, thanks a lot, Jonathan. All right, we're uh, we're expecting John Lindo after this break, so don't go away. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. Back on Race Day Las Vegas. Now we're going to bring in uh, John Lindo. And, John, good morning. Good morning, Ralph. How are you? Good. Uh, now, you know, I know that the, there's been horses defecting from Southern California, but I didn't know the volume of them. Really never thought about that until uh, Jonathan was telling me about that. But uh, there could be reasons for that, right? Well, sure. And it's been happening for a while now. You, you see a lot of horses that used to be in Southern California at different venues around the country. And part of that, Ralph, is is all of the uh, the protocols that we have to jump through to be able to race in California. It's the most stringent set of uh, rules in the country. And, you know, vet checks every time you run, vet checks in the morning, this, that, you know, uh, all the vet records are they have to go through. So when you have a horse that maybe coming has, has come back, maybe you had an ankle chip surgery that you had to, you know, take the chip out, they're constantly checking any any place where there was any kind of previous injury, and you kind of get on the watch list for for the, all these vets, and uh-huh. and sooner or later it just gets to the point where you know, they're not going to let you run, or they don't think this is right, or they're always erring in the cause of 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 uh, you know um, being conservative about it. Doesn't mean the horses aren't fine to race, but uh, those type of horses, once you kind of get on the watch list are probably better off going to other venues where they can race on a more regular basis and do it safely, and they're sound, 
It's just the the standard and the protocol in California is so tough to race on a regular basis. And that is uh, just California. I know that the HISA rules uh, are kind of like overshadowing in the same kind of vein, but these are the California rules that have been in place ever since they had that uh, the rash of breakdowns and all that stuff a couple of years ago, right? Exactly. And, and you know, parts of the, of the rest of the country are, are catching up or, or moving up toward those standards. Not everyone is, is at those standards yet. So there's, you know, there are other places these guys can go. And, you know, what what a vet in California says is okay to run or not okay to run in California may be okay to run in other jurisdictions. So there's no set black and white standard as to what, what a, a, you know, the judgment is of a veterinarian. Yeah. Wow. So we got we got an influx of more jockeys uh, and uh, and a uh, less horses, less uh, product to to uh, go. Mm. Well, well, let's see how it goes. We'll keep our fingers crossed. But uh, yeah, I, you know, I I don't know that uh, what the the total inventory of horses in training in Southern California is right now, as opposed to last year at this time. But you know, looking at the daily worksheets at Santa Anita. I got to think maybe we're down a little bit from what we were going into the meet last year, but that that's just an educated guess. All right. Well, we know one thing for sure, no matter what it is, is going to be a hell of an opening day at Santa Anita, isn't it? Yeah, we got eleven races on or drawn yesterday. Uh, the six days races. We start off with the Mathis Brothers Miles race one, and we end up with the American Oaks as race eleven. So stakes races throughout the day. It'll be fun. Yeah, six stakes races of the eleven uh, race card. That's for sure. And um, I understand that uh, Santa Anita is toying with the idea, is it not, of doing a, a, a pick five from Santa Anita to Gulfstream? Yeah, I think that's going to start January the 7th. It's going to be a $1 wager, 15% takeout, coast-to-coast pick five, involving five races combined between Santa Anita and Gulfstream Park. I don't have any of the other details yet. Uh, that will be coming through, and we'll get into that after the uh, the new year. But look for that to start on weekends, uh, starting January the seventh. So they're kind of doing this that pick five with uh, Sanita and Gulfstream, as they have done with the uh, those two uh, last uh, last race gimmicks uh, from uh, Santa hooking Sanita up with Golden Gate with the uh, the double and the uh, pick four, right? Right, kind of like the Golden Hour pick four. This will be a pick five wager, and it'll be coast to coast, Santa Anita, and Gulfstream Park. Well, that's going to be. Yeah, I think that might be fun. <laughs> yeah, I think I think that'll work. That that makes sense, and you know, they run during the winter throughout, so it'll be a consistent basis for the early part of the year. Yeah, no kidding. All right, uh, a couple of things. Uh, we had some voided claims yesterday, at Gulfstream. Yeah, just looking at the claim box yesterday, the. Uh, there were several claims, but three of them were voided, including the the winner of the the race three action rose. She was avoided claim. Fulton Street was avoided claim in race five, and uh, Gianni Lambeau avoided claim race seven. So again, those protocols are kind of moving throughout the country, and the and it's getting stricter and stricter, and uh, you know, very very conservative when it comes to the horses now looking for the horse safety. Uh, we got some. Uh, we got any hot streaks going on with trainers and uh, jockeys? Yeah, you know, just looking at Gulfstream Park, doing some handicapping, Elizabeth Dobles, the trainer, she's won with five of her last seven starters going into this week. Uh, Todd Pletcher's rolling. He's eight out of his last 17 down there at Gulfstream. And the uh, the Ortiz brothers, are Rad Ortiz was eight for 28 going into this week, and Jose Ortiz was seven for his last 19. So as the uh, the big guys come down from New York, they're quickly uh, setting up shop and getting in the winter circle down there at Gulfstream. All righty, and uh, favorites, how are they doing there? Favorites are winning at uh, right at uh, 35% for the meet. Wow. Well, that's okay. That now, you have a lender report today for Gulfstream Park, and we'll get a selection from you, and we'll uh, wrap it up. Okay, let's go to race two at Gulfstream Park. Race two, five furlongs on the Tapita. I like the way number five, Grand, Grand Bay, sat off the pace and won his debut. He won it pretty handily. It was a length, but it was a measured length. There's a lot of speed in here with the four face of Barrio and the six extendo. I think he gets the same kind of trip facing winners for the first time that he did winning his debut. And uh, at the nine to two in the program, there's value here. Number five, Grand Bay, right back, race number two, Gulfstream Park. All right. In the second race, the five, Grand Bay is your play. Uh, Kevin Krieger aboard. He's been around for a while, hasn't he? 
Yeah, he rode in Southern California years yeah. ago, but he's kind of been all over the place, and I think he was up in Emerald Downs for quite a while, too. Wow. All right, he gets around, that's for sure. So we got uh, the uh, five in the second race, and the Lindo Report covering all the races at Gulfstream Park, a suggested late pick four, and all the goody information that we just broadcast on the show and more. The Lindo Report, one full sheet, one place only here in Las Vegas, and it's complimentary. It's free of charge to you, and that is at the South Point Racebook because they love locals there. And they love the Lindo Report as well, as we do. All right, thanks a lot, John. We'll talk to you tomorrow. You got it. Uh, good luck today. All right, you got it, my man. When we come back, uh, we'll chew a little fat with Jerry Jackowitz. I wonder what he's got on, on, on mind. Bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All right, back on Race Day Las Vegas. Let's bring in uh, Jerry Jackowitz right now. Jerry, good morning. Now, I know there's no aqueduct, there's no Southern California, but uh, we asked you to come on to see if you have anything on your soapbox that you want to talk about. Well, you know, I always like to talk about wagering. We, we talk about picking horses and all the time, but we never talk about weight. Well, we occasionally talk about wagering, and I think it's really useful. Uh-huh. And uh, something that, you know, I've always considered them to be as important as handicapping and um I'll just, if I may, uh, sure. when I started, when I started, uh, uh, really as a professional handicapper, really occurred on a specific date. It was December 26, 1992, and it was the day I met Richie Schwartz. And uh, prior to that time, I, I didn't have a, any kind of reasonable idea or pattern to the way I bet. And after meeting Richie Schwartz, I learned how meeting with him and playing with him every day and I learned exactly how important it was and um, that there really was a method to it. And um, and uh, I, I'm always amazed that most people don't really ever have a sense of how that is actually done. And it's so important. So uh, I thought we, we could talk a little bit about that today, if you like. Go ahead. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> Very early on in my um, in, in my uh, working with Schwartz, um, um, he made a bet on a uh, on a three to one shot, and uh, the horse ran second. And when he finished calculating his bet, he pushed it over to me and says, "Not too bad. I made five to two on a three to one, and I and I didn't even win." And I said, "Yeah, that's right." He gave himself two ways to win. Uh huh. And he sacrificed very little bit of the actual overall potential of the win bet. I mean, a lot of people out there just went and bet the the, the, the horse to win. The best they could have made was $8. Right. And they didn't win. They got zero. Mm-hmm. And Schwartz got $7 for the play. I said, wow, that... That makes a lot of sense. Give yourself two ways to win. And you're really not sacrificing much of the win bet, and you're really entitled to make a little less when you have more ways to win. So um, that was the the eye-opener for me. 
And um, what he basically did was he took the horse he liked and the horse that he thought was the best value with the highest probability of, of winning um, relative to value. And um, very often, so that would be his second best horse. The horse he thought was the most probable to win would become one of the strengths of his exactas and his turns. The horse he actually would bet was not necessarily his absolute favorite horse in the race. It was the horse he felt had the best value for the money. And so right there, the handicapping was altered by the understanding of value and what the chances of winning were. And so typically, he would take, and as a, in a simple way, he would take his value horse, uh-huh. bet it to win in place by using the exacta pool. And he would start by literally with an all on both sides. Mm-hmm. And then he would come back and he would increase the weight of every exacta, both with it on top and on the bottom, based upon his handicapping or the value proposition being offered by the the uh, by the pools. Uh-huh. So, for example, with the favorite, he would bet that pretty heavily. With the second choice, if he was, say, betting the third choice in the race, he'd be betting the the the, the favorite and the second choice much more because when they hit the hit the exacta, they would bring the the, the exacta would be smaller. So you need that more times sure. to get the full value. Uh-huh. But he didn't. He didn't look at at horse racing as a way of necessarily taking a three to one shot and trying to make it a twenty to one shot. He was more interested in making sure that if he ran second or first, he got approximately the the win value, maybe a little less, because he you know you you you're, you're not entitled to the same thing as just a simple win bet would yield, but as close as he could get to that. And boy, oh boy, as a baseline to betting, that was fantastic. Now, there was always a provision that if you thought you had an absolute kill, yeah. uh, if you thought that you're, uh, you know, you're betting a really good value horse that had a fantastic shot, you, you, would, you would actually step into that a little more and try and make sure that if you had a kill, uh, we really were going to get a big, that you really did. But for the most plays, and I would call that nine out of 10 plays, mm-hmm. he would play that way. And as I watched and uh, and I learned uh-huh. and I started to see the way he weighted everything, um, I, I started to realize that I didn't have really a clue as to what I was doing with my handicapping. My handicapping was just yeah. to make me feel good and to give me action, but it really wasn't design, my handicapping wasn't really designed to um, make me money. All right, let me ask and, you, go ahead, yeah. finish your thought. I was going to say that, and I built the power page, um, unlike a typical selectors, who, you know, these guys are fantastic, right, right. John and Richie are, and John Hardoon are fantastic yeah. handicappers, so I want you to understand, everybody to understand how much I, I appreciate their skills, Right. but I built the power page to let you not to, not to, you know, I, I list the horses in their order, and I give you their their ratings. But I'm hopefully hoping that it's not just going to drive you to the top rated horse. That you can see that sometimes the races are very close. That there's not that much difference between the first and the fourth horse. Right. And it gives you the opportunity to say, well, I'm not going with Jerry's top horse. I really like the third horse he has. That horse handicaps really appeals to me. Right. And then when you see that on the power page, it's the third rated horse, you kind of start to get a sense of what the value proposition is. And then when you look at the odds board, you kind of have even more information because you're sort of saying, well, that horse should be the favorite right. and this horse isn't. And you can make some judgments on that as well. All right, uh, Jerry, let me ask you this. Yeah. On the power page, because I was going to ask you how right. you incorporate that philosophy of the betting side of it to the power right. page, but I think you already explained that pretty much. But... <clears throat> I guess then what you're saying is with your uh, your other uh, denotions there and your other, like, the stars and the Vs right. and the pop-out keys, you're... The you, ones and twos. Yeah, and you're kind of, like, influencing uh, the betting side of it with those, uh, you know, additions, right? Well, okay, so, like, the ones and twos... That's sort of just information. I'm telling you, you know, I'm looking at my pace figures. I'm telling you this horse has a, 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 has the best right. early pace in the race. So, okay. I mean, that's just 
informational and hopefully it's usable. I mean, I think it's really usable. Okay. The stars are yet another kind of information. I mean, I know statistically that certain certain horses run. So, so the power page, the numbers are already a little bit to the high side of their uh, of their range. So, let's say if I handicap and the horse is uh, somewhere between a sixty nine and a seventy. He's probably going to end up with a 69.6 or 7 or 8 or even a 70. Mm -hmm. So he's already at the top of his normal range. And, um, and it's also, so it's a hard number for them to hit. And they probably can only hit that number a third of the time. But if they have a star on them, there's something about that, that their, uh, their, their sequence of races that tells me that this horse has a chance to actually outperform that. And so that's what the star is. So in a way, it's informational, but in a way, it's a handicapping feel because right. there's really nothing quite like the star on, on the jury's sheets. Uh, there's really nothing like that in horse racing. So you might call it a handicapper's opinion. Either way, the V's, that's just good old handicapping. How do you, We used to call it a lobster. How do you find a, a long shot that has no shot that actually has a shot? And, you know, you might have it based on the feel of the trainer or what they're doing or something odd that you see. And the idea of the V horse is really to kind of bring it up into your play. If you're playing exactors, get it in for a little. If you're playing trifectas, make sure you have so, it. So it's a, it's a long shot that can make the number and, and make, right. a, make a payoff. Perfectly said. Okay, that's good because, uh, yeah, like you know the the betting side of it, you know you're talking about how he was trying to make value out of it, but with the new computer guys that come in and and find that value, that little pocket, and can and can uh, jump on it in a matter of seconds with a whole bunch of numbers, right. and then your odds change on the horses. It's kind of like they're doing that now. Uh, where you did it by pencil, let's say, before. Right. Well, that's actually true. I mean, you know, um, I would write down the probability of every payoff of every exact I was building, both top and bottom, based uh -huh. on, um, uh, you know, I'd have like the one horse with the two, three, four, five, six, seven, with, and the two, three, four, five, six, seven over the one horse, and I'd have every exact written out at about the 10 minute mark, right. and I'd double check it at the five minute mark. And I kind of had a pretty good idea where it was going to end up. Yeah. And I could actually calculate the odds to the dollar that the, the exact that I would get paid no matter what the outcome. Okay, and on that, you can say one more thing and we'll get out of here. Have a great race day, everybody.